Hello everybody, before we jump into this episode, I did just want to put out a trigger warning as this episode discusses topics relating to depression and other health-related issues. This may be a sensitive topic for others. Please be conscious going into this episode. Otherwise, let's jump right in and start the conversation. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Real Time Podcast. This podcast is for those who are looking to become inspired and level up in all aspects of life. The Real Time Podcast brings you content of real value through being open, honest and upfront about how things are to provide real and constructive advice on how to start stepping up and becoming your highest self. Well then, what are you waiting for? It's time to get real. excited about this episode today. We have a very exciting guest to come on. So I actually connected with um, today's guest over Instagram and we just hit it off so quickly and found we had so much in common and we're just kind of sitting on the same vibrations. So we decided we would create this little episode and discuss mental health because it's a topic we think we need to raise more awareness around and start more you know, casual conversations about as well. So today's our guest on the podcast is Raylene Thompson. You can find her Instagram at Sunkissed Ray. So, welcome, Ray. I am so so excited to have you on Hello. today's podcast. Thank I'm, you. I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad you are. Honestly, it is just such an exciting thing to be recording this with you and just able to have such a casual conversation yeah. about this sort of topic. And I'm so happy that you're, you know, willing to open up and share your experiences with mental health mm-hmm. with everyone in hopes to help other people. Yes, absolutely. So I'll just introduce myself to everyone. Um, my name is Raylene Thomas. <laughs> Sorry about it's Thomas, not Thompson. Oh um, my gosh, my mistake. No, that's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm 25 years old, um, born and raised in South Australia in a small town, just a bit an hour away from Adelaide, if anyone else knows of it. Um, I've completed a university a degree and studied media and worked a few jobs and now unemployed thanks to the pandemic. <laughs> that's a bit how it is for a lot of people and honestly trust me to absolutely butcher your last name like as soon as we no, start that's so good. So it's Raylene Thomas everyone yes. um, so yeah how exciting you're a graduate <laughs> university yeah. student yeah. yeah and we all know the struggles of going through a degree and the sort of time mm-hmm. and energy you need to invest into that so congratulations on such a huge accomplishment for yourself um, so yeah, I think we will dive straight into the topic of mental health then. Um, and I'm so excited for you to just start sharing you know, your experiences with it all with everyone. So yeah. how have you personally experienced mental health you know, yourself and in what ways? And would you be happy to just open up and share more about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. More than happy to. I swear I've told my friends like the story many times and you're no different. I think of you as a friend. Um, I feel like I may have started showing signs of depression as probably as young as 13 years old. Wow. But to me, I thought it was normal to have 
a pessimistic outlook on life, to have a lot of irritability and feeling like life would be better if I didn't exist. Wow. So it's really, yeah, really tough when you think that's normal and everyone else is um, living quite happily, not really sure how you're meant to fit in with that. So yeah, yeah. that was me. That was really intense. That is very heavy and especially to be taking on from such a young age as well. Like I can't yeah. even imagine the sort of difficulty that would be. I think as, you know, uh, an older woman now that you, you mm-hmm. know, have grown up a lot and you've learned more about these topics that must have been really challenging and probably quite hard for you to understand what you were going through yeah. back then. So did you maybe Absolutely. want to like talk a bit about that and how you um, kind of started to come to the realization of, you know, how did you know that this was what you were going through? So I feel like it all began um, when I started researching the symptoms and the traits and I felt like, okay, this sounds really familiar. Like, I feel like I can really relate to this. And um, I felt like maybe I have depression, but then in the back of my mind, I was like, no, 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 you can't have depression. You're like, you know, you're, on your te- you're a teenager, you're just going through all these hormones. It's not depression. You're fine. And I would just tell myself that I'm fine until I realized, no, I'm not. But then at the same time, convince myself that I am. Yeah. So a lot of um, self-confliction within that. Yeah, that would be so challenging, dealing with self-confliction. Um, and you probably didn't have a lot of self-awareness at that point either. Not at all. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it could have felt quite torn, I'd imagine, between like not really understanding yeah. what it is and all of that. But how would you say that, you know, the these sorts of feelings and emotions you were going through, how did that like impact you at that point in your life in particular and and, and all of that? I feel like it's, um, I think it really affected my personality. It made me really timid and I got, I think I gained a lot of anxiety when it comes to talking in front of public places or just oral presentations in school. And oh my gosh, I remember this one time, it was quite embarrassing, where I was just in front of the class and just trying to read um, one of my notes. Everyone was staring at me and all these thoughts were coming through my head. And I was like, oh no, like, what if I make a mistake? What if I stuff up? And then all of a sudden it would just got so overwhelming that I just broke down, hyperventilating. I was in a panic and I just started crying. And thankfully my teacher understood and was like, okay, really, that's enough. You can, you can get off now. You can sit down. Yeah. yeah that's when I realized like what I experienced wasn't a normal reaction to talking in front of a class wow so you okay so that makes it even harder for you I guess you know you were were (laughs) experiencing this sort of the 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 heaviness of depression and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden anxiety came in the mix and 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 during high school in particular that would have been such a tough challenge so what did you kind of start to implement for yourself to manage that anxiety in those um, social settings of school because were you experiencing these anxieties beyond just the class setting as well? Was it something that was almost a social, um, like a social trigger that would come on in other environments as well? And, you mm-hmm. know, was there ways you were managing this? Um, the only support that I could get was through my friends, actually. And yeah. thankfully, you know, they were able to relate to me on some aspects, but not probably on the most severe ones where, you know, breaking down in front of the class. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to gain the support I needed from my parents because um, 
having my mum, she's of Filipino background. And in Asian culture, mental health isn't really seen as a priority. So going to her and talking to her about, you know, my worries, she might see it as, oh, you know, you're just being silly, just, you know, snap out of it. So I think, yeah, just friends really was, I was able to cope um, through confiding in them. Yeah, well, that must have been really hard because um, it's interesting how you mentioned that within Asian culture, there's not like much support from the parents in that, which is something that, I mean, seems a bit different from Western culture. I feel like Mm -hmm. in our culture, there's a a lot more of a a real open relationship between a lot of people and their parents. So maybe we can chat a bit more about that and, you know, what it was like growing up in your culture. Were you overseas, you know, at this point in your life or Mm -hmm. were you always here in Australia? Let's maybe chat a bit about that. Yeah. um, So I grew up in Australia. Uh, It's just from a small country-ish town and I was raised as an Australian so um, my dad was Australian himself and my mother didn't teach me the language which is called Tagalog in Filipino so I really didn't have much of a connection with her which really strained our relationship because of the language barrier Um, and because growing up Australian for me while still being Asian uh, it really I'd say it didn't really work well in the like the household. I was growing up with the expectations of um, pleasing my mum, but then at the same time, I had to maintain my social um, etiquette as an Australian. So the two would always clash when I was at home. Like for example, I had curfews, I couldn't do certain things, but then my friends were doing those things and I wanted to join them. And that was mainly the struggle between us. Yeah. And did your, I think like, um, it's interesting to me, did these expectations that, you know, of you needing to please your parents, do you think these contributed to, you know, your mental health issues in any way at all? Yes, absolutely. I, I think it really did. I didn't feel like, you know, I was good enough. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was doing the right things, but then the right things didn't make me feel good doing yeah. Like I was limited and I was restricted and I was just caged. Um, I didn't have any freedom. And I feel like that was the main point where I realized like, I'm really not okay. Like, yeah. I wanted to do these things and I just couldn't. That would be very challenging. And I think trying to, when you're trying to discover yourself as well and become comfortable in the person that you are those very vulnerable ages, it would have great impacts on you trying to please other people all the time and meet other people's standards rather than just be able to focus on developing who you are and all of that. So like what sort of advice would you give to other people who are in a similar position where maybe, you know, it's a cultural influence or maybe just their, their family environment in general isn't one that is very supportive um, and they are having these struggles of needing to meet expectations that maybe don't, you know, align well with them. Like what's your advice to kind of allow people to start working through these difficulties? Okay. So personally, I would say even though they are your family, it doesn't mean that you have to choose them to be your family. Like 
they might not ever change their um, expectations. They might not even change the way they feel about your mental health. And sometimes you can't live with that. Sometimes you have to detach from that and be able to live in a non-toxic environment and be happy, which is what I had to do at some point until I returned home. Yeah. Because I did leave home for a bit because it just got too much. And I think at that point, my mother realized like, oh, like what I'm doing isn't making her happy. What I'm doing is pushing her away. And that took me to leave home to make her realize that. And I know a lot of my friends, they can teach their parents, you know, mental health and make them more aware of these things. But there are also some people where it just won't, they won't accept that and they won't change the way they are. So if anything, I would go and just get the support for my friends. And I would also seek professional help if it's something that you're open to do. Because I honestly encourage that therapy is amazing. You can talk to someone that can teach you how to process your thoughts and they will make you feel validated because I think that's what it was. Feeling validated is what I've always wanted in my childhood because what I felt was dismissed for so long that I, I realized it was what I needed and to be not given that my have what's it called it made it worse it made the depression worse and it made the anxiety worse and that's the last thing I would want anyone to have to experience as well yeah I agree completely and I love how you you know brought up the point about actually seeking external help and and finding you know if it be a therapist go see a therapist and I think that's something we really need to start normalizing more of as well because there's such this yeah, I feel like there's such a negative stigma around the idea of going to see a therapist and that if you see a therapist, there's something wrong with you. But in reality, that's mm. not the case. I mean, people who have the most, you know, healthiest mental health would still benefit from speaking to a therapist because it's an yeah. external a source, someone that is completely disconnected from your day to day and from your life Mm -hmm. that allows you to open up to them and speak to them and give you clarity on situations and help you see things from different perspectives and just piece things together a lot more clearly. So how important do you think it is that there is more, you know, there's, there's, there's more attention brought to normalizing the idea of going and seeing a therapist and seeking external help? 100%, absolutely 100%. I think that the things we are taught in school isn't what we really need. It's the emotional development. It's the emotional intellect. Like we need to be aware of the way our mental health is and the way it should be nourished and how it should be taken care of because it's all about um, self-care these days. And it's something that everyone needs to explore because it's really about if you can't accept who you are, then you'll never be happy with the way you are you never be able to accept that until you kind of take a journey and look at your strengths look at your weaknesses and I think that's in the end that will make you happy yeah so and you just mentioning that is makes me want to backtrack for a second so yeah that's like for a lot of people you know maybe a lot of people have a preconceived idea of what mental health refers to And maybe they aren't very clear on exactly what falls under having a good mental health or having a poor mental health. So do you think you could maybe like define or give an explanation of what you believe mental health 
is and how people can kind of identify, you know, do the, do I have a positive mental health right now or, or are there some issues that maybe I don't realize are actually something I need to start addressing? Okay, um, let me think. Personally, I feel that mental health became more of an important thing to me when I realized how it affected others. When I realized that, you know, I might not be the victim, maybe I'm the person that's causing, you know, the hurt and the harm. And it's really when people can call you out, you know, friends, if they really were your friends, they would call you out on the things that you do if they're not comfortable with it or if they don't, you know, they don't think that it's right. And then you kind of realize like, oh, I thought the way I was behaving is normal. I thought that, you know, what I was saying was right. And then you, you look back and you do some research and you kind of reflect just to realize like, okay, so maybe I was wrong after all. And maybe I should start, you know, thinking about, you know, how I behave in front of people and how I, how I act in order to make them happy or just to maintain the friendships I have. Yeah. If no, that answers I, it. That, that does answer it a lot as well. And I think it also that whole conversation really made me think about addressing the sort of mental dialogue we're having with ourselves in our own mind mm -hmm. as well. Like are the thoughts we are feeding ourselves on the positive side of things or are they more negative? And are these thoughts impacting the way we behave, whether it be w with ourselves, whether it be, whether it be socially, I think anxiety is something as well. That is a very, very common thing to occur within people whether they realize they are experiencing anxiety or they're just confused about what are these emotions mm -hmm. they're feeling is this normal to feel this way and and i know i've personally experienced anxiety a lot as well myself and um it it's funny because it was actually mostly to do with relationships rather than within you know like other things within yeah. my life the, the most mm -hmm. stressful environments for me were during my studies and I don't personally feel like I experienced anxiety here, but I know that's, you know, the, there's mental health struggles that have, have you experienced these within relationships yourself? And is this something that you think you might be open to discussing? Because I feel like that could be, yeah. you know, if it's something I've experienced and you've possibly experienced, then it could be something that a lot of other people have experiences as well. So maybe we can talk a bit about that right now. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so I'll start with um, like just normal friendships in terms of relationships. Um, I've had a lot of best friends and I think there was a point where we kind of just merged into one person and then we realized like, well, I realized, I think that maybe this wasn't healthy. Maybe, maybe I'm taking in the negative aspects of this person. And I felt, you know, like, okay, maybe this isn't right. But the thing is I couldn't, I couldn't feel like I could, talk to her about it so I just tolerated I accepted those things even though it made other people uncomfortable I dismissed this bad behavior and I realized like you know if she's behaving like this then what am I doing and at this point um well sometime down the road we weren't best friends anymore because I believe that there was a part of her where she needed to realize or be more aware of her mental health and how the way she was behaving isn't um just something that people could tolerate themselves. And maybe I was just tolerating that because, you know, she was my friend and I was letting her behave in a way where it just wasn't accepted. Yeah. Mm. To be more specific, I think 
let's say she was like a really possessive friend yeah. and she wanted to trap you within her world and just isolate you from everyone. She was telling people these things about you um, to other people so that they wouldn't be friends with you because she wanted you to herself. And that was just really unhealthy. And it really made me sad that she would go to that extent out of her own um, benefit uh, because she wanted to. So yeah, that's, that's one. Definitely. And I think that that's so important because uh, so, uh, even though it may seem like something that's so clear when you do come to the realization yeah. of it, but who you surround yourself by really does matter. And it does have a big impact on your overall well-being, both mentally and physically and all of this. So I think it's very, very important that we do take care of of noticing who are the people we're surrounding ourselves by? Are they mm -hmm. po contributing to us positively or are, having, are they having a more toxic or negative effect on us? And this toxic sort of relationship that you can be developing with people, it doesn't have to just be in like, you know, a, a romantic relationship. It can be within friendships as well. And, and it's so important to be able to identify those sort of sort of behaviors and habits these people yeah. are having and how they're making you feel and what they're making you do. And that, that way you can become more in check with your own mental well-being and, and, and yeah, the, the sort of person you're becoming because you're surrounded by them. So yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. Amazing. So, and then in terms of, well, I know personally, like I was saying before, it was, um, you know, you go through different relationships in your life yep. and some of them can leave you with doubts about yourself and different sort of uh, like beliefs about yourself and uh, impact your mental health because mm -hmm. it's impacting your confidence. It's impacting how you view you, yourself. It's, it's changing the way your emotions feel and all of this. And then that can create issues for you going forward into future relationships as well. So I know at the start of my relationship, I was feeling great, like anxiety to do with separation and being yes. apart from this person and it took a lot yeah. for me to overcome that and and the struggles that I experienced with that were these voices inside my head telling me like you need to be concerned when you're not with this person like mm, what are they mm -hmm, doing yeah. and and creating all of these negative dialogues inside my own head that weren't even necessary and weren't even the reality of situations and I think that um, quite a lot of people might experience this sort of, uh, you know, relationship with poor mental health as well. And is this something you've ever been through and what's your experience been with it? Or is there anything similar you've had yourself? Yes, actually, I've been quite through like three long-term relationships. Still in my third one at the moment, quite happy, really good with that. Mm -hmm. But in the past, I feel like based on my past experiences in my childhood, that really infected how I viewed relationships. Because my mum had, you know, remarried a few times, I don't think I grew up with watching healthy role models in a relationship. Therefore, I wasn't able to understand what it meant to be in a healthy relationship. So there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of doubts within myself, thinking maybe I'm not good enough for this person. Like, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? And it really just made you question, like, what you can get out of this relationship. Can you be more happier? Because you feel it just isn't working. And then when you can't do that, it's like you just feel so lost. And I think for, I don't know, they say that your first relationship 
is, you know, your childhood relationship. You experience everything new. It's all bright. It's happy. It's amazing. And then just, you know, you're, you're naive. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't work out. And then the third or the second relationship is probably your most toxic relationship for some cases. You know, you, you go through the bad, the negative, but you accept it because, you know, you want to make it work. You want to prove to yourself, like, my last one didn't work, but I want to make this one work no matter what. So you just dismiss all the, the bad influences that person, you know, gives you. You, do, you make the wrong decisions. You maybe even remove some friends that, you know, that weren't happy with the person you were with. You, they thought that you deserved much better. And it was in that relationship, actually, that um, my relationship with my mum strained the most because she just disapproved of the person I was with at the time. And in a way, I feel because she disapproved made me want to be with him even more. Yeah. And that was probably, you know, the worst mistake I've made. But thankfully, that one was over. But my current one, I'd say, I tell everyone, I tell everyone of the story of how we met because yeah. it just makes me so happy <laughs> and now I get to tell everyone. I love this I'm so excited <laughs> so we've been each in each other's lives for I'd say 20 years now yeah it's weird because we have well, I found photos of each other we found photos of each other when we were in kindergarten and it was dated back to 2000 and I was like oh my god you were in my class the thing wow. is I was yeah, I, I just had no idea. And we didn't know each other at the time. And then we met each other maybe in year two. And that's when, you know, we, Iris remember us playing Chasey, we're playing games. And he just was such a, a memorable experience to be with. And, but we lost contact because I had to move houses. And that devastated me because I moved from the small town to the city. But thankfully, in, in 2009, I think, we reconnected thanks to social media. And there was just so much history. There was so much excitement. We maintained that until, until now, actually. And we started dating maybe almost three years ago. And we've had a very turbulent relationship because of my past experiences. And because those experiences, you know, brought me so much pain, I felt you know, really wary. I felt like I had to be really careful because I wanted to protect myself. And because of that, there were, you know, expectations that weren't met that made me feel disappointed. But the thing was, I had gone through all these relationships, but this person had only experienced a few. So for me, I was the most experienced one in that relationship. And not having certain expectations met made me feel like, you know, maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe I wasn't doing enough. And there was times where I felt like I just needed to push him away so I can um, feel safe. And, and it wasn't healthy. And I was, you know, I realized, you know what, maybe I should go back to therapy. Maybe I should go see my psychologist. And I did. And she was able to, you know, help me through the thought processes and get me thinking more positively. I think one of them was called CBT, which is cognitive um, behavioral therapy. And it just breaks it all down, you know, your, your negative thoughts and you just kind of pull it apart just to realize like, you know, your, your thinking isn't rational thinking. They're just thoughts. Yeah. But because of that, 
I was able to overcome all those struggles. And I think now we're, we're quite happy and we're working really well. It's, it's all about open communication, honesty, and yeah, just really takes time and effort to make something like that work. I agree. I agree. And I think that, so, so have, did you have to kind of acknowledge that there was, you know, your, your mental health was going to bring up different sort of issues within your relationship or, or issues within yourself that could affect your relationship. But is this something that you would openly discuss with your partner and come up with ways that maybe together you could be managing your mental health? Or is this something that you kind of kept to yourself and have just kind of managed on your own? It would just be interesting to hear if it's something that you work on as a relationship and as a couple or it's more something that you have to just focus on yourself to be honest um i internalized most of you know my um my mental health issues because i didn't want to seem like you know the crazy girlfriend you know that was like overly um cautious overly protective or just thinking in a way that wasn't i'd say wasn't rational for them. But the thing is, yeah. it took a, re- a long time, a very long time to realize that, you know, my feelings were validated, my feelings were real. And it wasn't because of me, it was because of um, the choices and the behaviors of my partner. So because all this time, I thought that I was the crazy one, because I had already acknowledged my mental health issues. So it, you know, the fact that, you know, you might have um, been diagnosed with anxiety or depression but it doesn't make you the crazy one it doesn't mean that everything is your fault sometimes you have to realize like you know it's normal your emotions are normal and you are a person and you need to be treated like a person because for the longest time I felt that I had to take on the blame I had to take on the mistakes because of my mental health and I really shouldn't have done that I should have felt more confident in myself and I, I should have just, you know, been open with my partner and made him more aware or even educated him about mental yeah. health so he can, you know, take mental notes and understand certain behaviours that I do is because of that, but not my mistakes. I, I that agree. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think as well, when you're experiencing something like anxiety or you're experiencing something like depression, these are all heightened emotions compared to yes. what the, like the, the regular person would experience. And so it's important that if you have a partner that doesn't understand what these emotions are and doesn't want, understand what it's like to experience it, I think it is important to be able to discuss it with them. So like your advice to someone who would be right now in the position that you were in when you, you know, you're in this new relationship and you're going through all these personal struggles with your own mental health. Like what's your advice to them? Do you suggest that they do like you were saying, start educating the, the, the significant, significant other, or like what are the sort of steps you would give to this, these people to, to help them kind of deal with their struggles in a more easier way than maybe what you went through. Okay. Let's say, you know, you're sitting down with your partner and, you know, you're, you're in a good and safe environment where you, can, you both can openly talk to each other about, you know, each other's past, about each other's upbringing. And then maybe you can 
try and see things from their point of view and then explain you know your experiences from your own point of view and then somehow you know say hey like um so i grew up with a lot of chaotic um and instability in my life so that has made me really anxious and i feel that um there are times where you know i might say things or i might think things and i want you to understand it's my feelings are not your fault the way i feel is my responsibility and you don't need to feel responsible for them you can only have to support them and support me going through those hard times and i think it's important that even though you're experiencing the most hurtful pains you shouldn't feel like you're feeling more than your partner because i feel like i i feel like i think i've just lost myself within my emotions and forgot how my partner must have felt in that time so it's really it's really mutual it it needs to be you know a team a teamwork um kind of thing yeah i think it's important that the those sorts of conversations are had if you know you do consider your relationship with them to be serious and something that you want to keep and grow to be strong because you need to know that you've got their support and they yes. also need to be comfortable with talking to you about it all and, and, and gain some sort of understanding and insight to what you're feeling. So you, whilst they, whilst they're there to support you, you also need to support them in yeah. becoming more aware about everything that you're personally going through. So it's kind of like a, a bit of a two way support system, which yes, I mean, absolutely. any relationship is at the end of the day. <laughs> so I think that, you know, on this sort of topic of, advice and you know how to manage these sorts of situations in terms of uh, like mental health as a whole you know from your personal experience are there specific ways that you've managed mental health and are there any sort of specific coping mechanisms or methods that have really helped you overcome hurdles and would you be open to sharing these with anyone who might be going through anything similar like what you've experienced yeah of course um Actually, I think what I'm thinking about recently, I've been thinking of getting back into gym because I know that, you know, getting active, following a routine, getting you pumped, getting your heart racing, it's releases a lot of good endorphins. And I think, you know, that's really good for your mental health. And at the end of the session, you feel accomplished, you've achieved something and you make, you know, feel good about yourself. And as well as, you know, gym, you should also eat right because that's probably what I lack the most I I didn't really take my um my diet seriously I didn't take take my eating habits seriously because what you take in really affects your mental health you know if you're eating good food something nutritious you're going to feel happier and full because if you're starving yourself you're going to be moody you're going to be unhappy and irritable so yes exercise food and the support of friends I think that's the easiest um, coping strategy that anyone can come across. Just confide in them, just, you know, be open with them and just take the time for them to, you know, listen to you. So sometimes all you have to do is just rant and yep. just talk about anything that's really bothering you. Because yeah, friends, yeah, they're always going to be there for you no matter what. And it's always important to remember that because sometimes I know if you're struggling, you forget that there's people there and you, you think that no, no one wants to talk to me and no one wants to listen to me go off about um, this again. 
but no, like it's not, they don't think that because that's what you're thinking. And it's, yeah, it's important to remember and try and to remind yourself that they are, there are people there for you. Yeah. I think this is honestly such great advice. And like you were saying about the exercise, it's some people don't necessarily realize how connected both your mental and your physical health are. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll, I like to look at health from a very holistic perspective that everything is related. So, you know, the, the foods you're consuming, how you're looking after your body, are you getting outdoors? Are you connecting with nature? Are you going for walks? Are you moving in some way? Like everything is going to contribute in one way or another. And even if it's only having such a minor effect on the way you're feeling, something as simple for going for a run could really, really have such a positive effect on you. And, and the whole concept of finding a support system as well. I think that is so important, like whether it be an external or an internal sort of support system, like, you know, if if you're too scared or uncomfortable at this point to go and seek professional help from a psychologist or something like that, do get the courage to open up to whether it be a close friend or a family member or something like that, because people care about you and whether you realize that or not, whether you feel like, uh, and, and acknowledge within yourself that people care for how you're feeling or not. There's always at least one person in your life that is going to be willing for you to open up to them and listen to you. And like you were saying, like you can just rant to them and um, have it as a way to kind of get all your emotions out and rather than bottling them up all to yourself, because I think that can really cause us to implode and sometimes we get too stuck in our own minds as well i think you know we feel certain emotions and think certain 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 thoughts and if we don't share these with other people we can start to believe that they're a truth when really they're 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 not they're not the reality of how things might actually be so it is so important that you are opening up to someone whether it be a family member or just whatever works for you. So I think that's honestly such incredible advice to be able to give to someone. So thank you for sharing that. No, I'm more than happy. <laughs> so we do have two final questions that I did want to have a bit of a chat about before we do round up this episode. And the first of those is, you know, coming back to the topic of normalizing conversations about mental health. So why do you believe that it's so important that people do start normalizing and having more conversations about mental health and mental health awareness so i feel like it really should be the norm because you know everyone experienced some form or some you know degree of like mental um what's it called mental health issues but they're not really issues they're just mental health um to be honest there's such a bad taboo about it because you know in the past there were many um for example women who were put into institutions because they weren't they weren't like the men that the mental health was studied on so women were actually the first people to be admitted because they were too um, emotional too hormonal and I think that was terrible back then and these days you know you expect people to be more open about that stuff but they're just not educated it should be as it should be part of the institutional system like you know um maths, English and science, I think mental health should be a part of that. Because the more that people understand mental health, the less they are going to be, you know, discriminate in um, you know, the the public places where they see, you know, a homeless person on this on the street, on the road. Like most of the people you do find them, they're actually um unable to care for themselves because of their mental um health. And I think that's really sad. And also 
I feel like, you know, the word crazy itself shouldn't really be, you know, referred to a person. It's more like misunderstood. And I think there's a lot of misunderstood people out there that could be, you know, seen in a better light if more people were aware of um, mental health in general. I agree completely. And it's so great that you did bring up the word misunderstood because as you were speaking about all that, that is the word that was in my, my mind. I was like, you know, that, that's all it is. People just don't fully understand because they're not educated or they haven't learnt about it and they don't really know what falls under mental health. Like, you know, you, you see movies and all of this that really over-exaggerate, yes. you know, what mental health is to all these different extremities. And, and then, then there's just a lack of clarity with people. They don't, they just don't understand that mental health could be something as simple as feeling anxious or just having this unexplained sort of heaviness or weight on your chest and, and not knowing how to address that and, and, and deal with it. Like there definitely needs to be more discussions for the purpose of educating people and allowing them to become more aware of what is, you know, what it actually is and, and that it's, it's not this big taboo topic. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more common than what people might first think. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So the final thing that I would love for you to just touch on then is given that this is the real time podcast, you know, is the one final piece of real advice, you know, no matter how big or how small that you think that our listeners would really benefit from hearing. Your thoughts don't define you, your actions do. Yeah. And I think that's really important to remember that. Because you can just... I don't know, you can think about the most unusual, the most impulsive things, but that's not you. I mean, you can think about that all day, but what you do at the end of the day is what matters most. Wow. I love that. Your thoughts don't define you, your actions do. That is, yeah, honestly, a great piece of advice. And like you, you were saying, and like we've been discussing this episode, just because you're thinking or feeling these certain ways, it doesn't mean that's how it has to be or that is the reality of how things are and it at the end of the day comes down to the actions you take that you know ultimately define you and we're in control of the actions we take you know these thoughts in our mind and these different emotions and feelings we experience they don't define us so wow i think that is so insightful and it's been such a amazing discussion to have with you as well i am so grateful that you've come on here and opened up about all of this and had some part in helping you know raise raise more awareness about mental health and have discussion about it and i'm sure there's so many people that will listen to this and benefit from it in so many ways so honestly thank you so much raylene for coming on and chatting about this with me today i have absolutely enjoyed every second of this conversation no thank you emily it is a pleasure and it is an honor hey guys thank you so much for tuning into my real-time podcast i have had so much fun making this and i hope this has been able to help you in some way if you enjoyed this podcast remember to share it with someone who may be in need of hearing it My goal with this channel is to bring you guys content of real value. So help me share this message and share this podcast by screenshotting it and tagging me on your stories. By doing so, you'll be doing your part in helping me build this platform and build a space where people can listen, 
can grow and can overcome whatever obstacles are getting in the way of their success. But that starts with you guys. Tag me at emilyjane.dm in your stories and hashtag realtime and I'll be sure to reshare you on my page. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening in today. Your support honestly means the world to me. So until next time, keep it real.